Welcome in, everybody. Um, this is the first ever episode of the Therapy Rob podcast. It's great to have you all here. My name is Rob. Um, we are here with our guest today, the awesome dog handling dude, Ian. Uh, he is big on TikTok right now. Um, he is currently a uh, veteran dog trainer, a, a Marine veteran slash dog trainer. Uh, he is the owner of CPR Dog Canine Dog Training over in West Virginia. Uh, did I get all that right? Yes, sir. All right. Awesome. Awesome. So welcome in, Ian. Uh, tell the uh, tell the people a little bit about yourself. Um, first of all, I want to tell everybody that Rob is a workaholic and it's his birthday. So everybody tell him happy birthday. Stop making it. Stop making it about me. I'm not that big on TikTok right now, dude. Come on. <laughs> Bigger than me. It, that's subjective. Anyways, <laughs> um, do you have something to say? Um, I. Uh, I'm a person. I like dogs. I learned how to train them. I learned how to work with them. Um, I, I connect a lot of dots that people have a hard time seeing when it comes to working with their dogs. So a lot of what I do is just making things that don't make sense to people make sense to them. Um, and I guess that's what we're trying to do here. Help people connect some dots. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, for everybody who is new here, which you are all new here because this is the first time we're doing this, um, we'll definitely be talking a lot of mental health. Uh, we'll be talking a lot about what Ian does, how Ian has gotten to the point where he's at, um, that he's, you know, doing the job that he does now. Um, if you have not been on Ian's TikTok before, um, it is a very interesting place. Um, one of the things that I've noticed about your page is that it is neither like it's neither specifically a dog training or a mental health related TikTok page or musicians TikTok page. Now I, I know you've been you've been really uh, bringing a lot more of your musical side to things, and so I guess I wonder for you, how do you find the intersect between like mental health and then dog training? So it's an it's an interesting parallel for me. So. I guess where it really started to click was after I got out of the Marines, I, I found that I had pretty severe social anxiety, just going out into grocery stores and things like that. Um, and I found that I was able to comfort dogs with their anxiety. I could help them find comfort um, and then ease them into facing their fears and started just kind of applying that's those same principles to myself. And so by learning how to recondition the way a dog views its surroundings so that it's not just naturally so anxious. Yeah, it, it was the same thing. Why am I so anxious going into a grocery store? This is obviously not normal. You need some help, dude. Um, so I guess I just kind of learned how to really take these concepts and apply it to multiple places in my life. Um, and so my TikTok page is basically a, it's everything in one. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what I did with the TikTok page. I just started posting things and then I slowly realized that while one, the goal is obviously to get out dog training content and, and information. But what I was finding that in order for me to become a better dog trainer, 
I have to start regulating myself the same way I regulate the dogs. And of course, okay, I'm going to start running away with it. So I'm going to go back to the TikTok page. So the TikTok page is a, a collection of pretty much all the lessons I've learned, whether it's dog training or my mental health journey. It's, mm-hmm. it's somewhat of a virtual journal for me to look back on um, because I find that the algorithm, the algorithm works in mysterious ways. And sometimes when I'm feeling down, um, some of my own videos will show up and that's what I'm putting into the videos that I do. A lot of times I'm talking directly to myself. You guys just happen to be there watching it on the other side of the screen. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I know if this, the, the information I'm putting out is kind of little markers for me, my little mm-hmm. notes, my, on my journey, they're valuable to me. I want to give that to everybody. And if you have questions, that's you can come to me and kind of ask, where are you at on your journey? Uh, because it doesn't the, the dog's journey. I, I, I'm going to I'm just going to keep going off on tangents. You hey. ask, ask something else. Talk. Say something <laughs> else. I mean, it's I, I feel like you're hitting a lot of really important points that um, I probably, you know, would have wanted to know about anyways. Like one of the um, like. So I know for you and like when I see your TikTok, because I've been following you for a good little bit now, um, there is always like that very honest part of you where, you know, you do talk about your journey and you talk about the different things that you've uh, that you've gone through in your life and how you've worked through some of those things, realizations that you've had, um, you know, the uh, the ones that really come to mind is like, you know, one of the things that I, I see you do sometimes is that, you know, you go and you sit in the river. It looks incredibly cold. But a lot of the times when you do that, I hear you talk a lot about, you know, uh, the, the, the journey that you had and, and some of the realizations you've had. And along with this, you invite people to ask questions. And when people ask questions, you know, I, I feel like a great deal of your content is in response to other people. And so I, I find it just really refreshing that you don't just, you know, put it out there as just like, here are the things that you should be doing, but you're also sharing the process of like, well, this is how I'm getting there. This is how I'm also conceptualizing this, which I, I always find so, so yeah, again, just very refreshing. Um, yeah, go for it. Uh, the way I basically look at it is um, a lot of, a lot of the getting in the river and stuff that's getting my head out of my body. Right. And, and I'm starting to look at, my life is more of a creative process rather than um, I'm breaking recondition. I'm reconditioning just solid thought, thought patterns that I was conditioned to at a young age. Um, And it's taken me a lot of work to get there. Mm. And that's why I want to kind of just put my process out there while also showing them that, Hey, um, one of my creative outlets just so happens to be dog training, right? right? If somebody is uh, Ron Swanson, Ron Swanson's good at uh, carpentry, making things out of wood. Mm-hmm. That's his art. He's, he's good at it. He likes doing it. I like doing dog training. I don't look at it as as you have to have your dog look like this and you have right. to have your dog look like that. It's you got a dog for a reason. Mm-hmm. What steps are you going to take to get there? Right. Yeah. You know, 
So that's how, yeah. And, and I, I think one of the things that, because I mean, you, the thing that you point out really points to something that I have had issues with myself with, I mean, not just with dog training, but also just with life. Like the, as a result of kind of like my upbringing, things that I've gone through as well, I've always been a real like perfectionist and I've always had this ideal in mind for like, this is exactly what my life needs to look like. And it's one of the things that, I mean, early in my life almost, you know, really got me because I wasn't fitting the exact rubric. Like I had gone to college for far too long and, you know, I saw people who I'd graduate high school with, you know, they're going on to get their masters, the PhDs, and I'm still trying to get my bachelor's and, you know, and then going into like the dog training aspect of it. It's one of the things that I feel like your videos helped me out a lot with understanding just like the compassionate side of dog training, because like our, our first dog, he's, you know, pretty gentle, well-mannered. He's great with kids. He's great with other dogs. He loves being around anything that's living. Um, our Jack Russell Terrier, we got her and she's far more skittish and she's very afraid of things. And like when we first moved here, um, several different dogs, not on leashes came running up to us. Like the first one that came started attacking them. And so she right off the bat was so terrified of so many things. And I'm focusing so much on like, well, this is what heels should look like. You should be right here Mm -hmm. all the time. Why aren't you constantly there? And so I'm stressing out and going back to something you said earlier, I'm stressing out so much. I'm so dysregulated and I'm carrying all the weight of what happened yesterday, days before into this moment. And now the dog is freaking out and I'm getting so frustrated by it. And so you can't think clearly, you can't think clearly, you can't come up with a solution. And you think that your dog is supposed to listen. You're like, Hey, I'm pressing the heel button and you're not healing. It's like, well, you didn't program your dog, right? Mm -hmm. It it doesn't understand. And then also it takes a lot for a dog to listen through all of those distractions while you are also distracted in your own mind you're not even fully focused on this moment. So learning how to focus through all of that mental chaos right. is, it's, that's what it takes to be a good trainer, to pull yourself out of all of that and then focus on the dog. Oh, wait, this dog is having an issue because the adults here have no idea what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I look at dogs the same as nonverbal children. It's Mm -hmm. they have emotional needs and we just think we're adults and they're supposed to listen. They're supposed to know how to do all these things. Um, But if you actually love your kid and they're nonverbal, you're going to figure out a way to establish communication with them. Mm -hmm. And that comes from establishing a very good relationship with that creature, whether they are human or animal. Mm -hmm. Right. It, it makes it makes so much sense, and I, I guess I just for for people who are I guess new to working with dogs, because I imagine that this is something that you know, it, it's something you have tons of experience in, um, which your experience is something we'll we'll get into in, in a little while here. Um, but you know, for people who are I guess new to having dogs, because I know like over mm-hmm. the time of the pandemic, a lot of people end up getting dogs, and a lot of people were looking for that companionship, they were looking for that you know that for that buddy. And now that people are, I guess, going back out into the world and, you know, people are a lot of people aren't working from home anymore. They're going back out. You know, there I imagine are a lot of people who are hitting some walls and Mm -hmm. they might be very dysregulated themselves within all of this. And so I guess how do you talk to somebody who is getting that frustrated, is hitting that wall of like I'm hitting the button and my my dog's just not doing what they're supposed to be doing? 
you have to find a way to pull them out of it to, cause the, the issue is a lot of the times is if that person looks at that dog as an animal, mm-hmm. they, it is hard for them to find compassion to pull themselves out of their own head to find solutions. So a lot of times I am having to f- give these people basically a character description of their dog. Hey, in a family setting, your dog would be like this kid or this character from this show. I pick up on what they relate to, right? As we're talking, we have conversations. I start to pick up on some of their personal variables. And so the concepts that I already have in my head, okay, you like this show, this show, and this show. Okay, so your dog is like this character. Oh, yeah. So a lot of times um, people's dogs are like Angelica, right? Mm -hmm. They're they're super sweet to mom and dad, and but uh-huh. anybody the dog looks at below them, they're a little, ah, they have a superiority complex. Mm-hmm. Dogs exhibit these behaviors it, it, in these social constructs, right? Mm-hmm. So because it's, it's about forming the relationships that they have with their peers, if it's a, a home environment. Mm-hmm. Um, I got distracted, Rob. Hey, it's all good. It's the, it's the nature of life. I know it's all good. I just want you to know I lost my train of, st- my train of thought. <laughs> well, so, hey, I appreciate the... Uh, you either the get me back on track or we can just stare at each other. Sure. Way. Yeah. Uh, well, first and foremost, love the, the Rugrats reference. Always a, a wonderful... Uh, <laughs> well, dude, wonderful I was position. raised... I was born in 92. I was raised by the TV. Okay, 93, myself. Yeah. I just turned 30 today. <laughs> oh, yeah, for anybody... Look, we got more followers, uh, more, more people in here. It's Rob's birthday. Tell him happy birthday. Appreciate happy birthday, you. Rob, Rob's 30, dude. And, um, and he's, he's here talking with me. Uh, well, this is, this is a wonderful birthday gift. And uh, so to anybody also watching uh, on, on TikTok, if you do have any questions that you would like answered, please feel free to pop them in the chat. Um, Ian, if you get any over on your end, please feel free to, you know, you can just hop right in and answer them, um, yes. whatever works for you. Um, but yeah, you, I, I feel like you get on a really important note that we use even in, in like human psychology. The, mm-hmm. um, one of the things that unfortunately gets people very angry at other groups of people, um, allows people to, you know, get to the points of, you know, of, of extremism, of just extreme hatred towards other people is the whole idea of like dehumanization, that I'm no longer recognizing you as a person with interests, with a history, with likes, dislikes, with a family, a job and all that. I am instead seeing you as like this, this concept this concept yes. that I really don't like. And so going to, to dogs as well, I, I imagine it can be it, it kind of like what you're saying, where like, it's not so much that I'm, I, I'm no longer seeing my dog as like this pet that I love who like we chill out on the couch and all, because now we're outside and I'm seeing this dog as more like a symbol of disobedience, a symbol of this thing and that thing. So how I look at that is that it's a gift and a curse. You're able to detach your emotions from your dog because you have to step out of your emotions to teach them what they need to know. So the way I look at it is you can look at it two ways. It it depends. Well, you could, it's a spectrum of ways you freaking look Mm. at it. Um, Basically it depends on how loud the dog's behaviors are. So if a dog goes from, I'm a sweet pet, and I, I'm listening to to animal and they're ah, we have to become an animal tamer for a second to ah, stop being an animal. Mm-hmm. But also the approach we take is going to depend on that dog. Mm-hmm. 
The other way you can look at it is if you have a healthy relationship, your dog isn't turning into that. So you're not, you're not going from, I'm looking at my dog as a pet and now I'm looking at him as an animal because that naturally just makes me feel a little guilty. It's like, Oh, I feel bad that I detach my emotions from my doggy. Ooh, hoo. Mm-hmm. Um, you can look at it from, I'm going from, this is how I look at it. I'm going from cool, fun dad mode to, Hey, I gotta be strict dad for a minute. That was not very cool that you're acting like that. So the mm-hmm. energy that you are putting into how you are communicating with your dog delivers the message because they are picking up more on, all of the nonverbals that are going on and then piecing together that, oh, when I hear no, I hear leave it, I hear something, that means that I should, oh man, the, the tone shifted, the tone shifted. So it's up to us to be effective communicators so that the dogs can properly read what's going on and learn the lessons that we are trying to teach. Mm. Yeah. I don't know if that answered the question. No, it, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. It's, you know, it's still this underlying, I guess, love and understanding that, you know, this is still my pet, but like the, the treating, a living creature, treating a living creature with respect. If I get out of hand, if I get out of hand, I don't want people to just let me keep ruining my life. I would like somebody to be like, Hey man, snap out of it for a second. Stop doing these bad habits. Mm-hmm. But if I don't respect you, I'm not, I can't hear that. Right. Why should I listen to you? Why should I listen to you? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so same thing. If you don't have a good relationship with your dog, your dog's always looking for loopholes. Why do I have to listen to you? I don't want to. I can get away with it. All I have to do is do this and this mm-hmm. and this. And they just continue to continue to learn how to push their boundaries until they find all the holes in your systems. So you have to learn how to be the one to, yeah, there are holes in my systems. I should correct this and also teach the dog not to just keep looking for loopholes to get away from me. How do I prevent my dog from wanting to go look for loopholes? Right. You have to build the relationship, reel them into you. Mm-hmm. And how you do that with, with whatever dog you have is it's, it's very, it, it can be a complex process. Sure. Some dogs are clean slates. Some dogs, um, they come, they, they're just a, a mess. They're just a huge mess. And then we're trying to put uh, some primer over it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it takes like seven coats and then we're waiting three years for all of that to dry. And then it's still, it, it's still messy. You know? mm-hmm. Anyways. Yeah. How, how do you imagine people can find more patience in that process? You have to go, man. That's a big question. You, that is, that's a big question. You have to go within to find that patience. You have to really be able to reel yourself, realize that all of these emotions, all, anything that I have going on, the stress of whatever situation is going on, you can detach from your dog, detach from yourself, detach from yourself. What's going on? Look from a higher van- vantage point. Okay. I have all of this stress, this anxiety going on, and all of it is controlling me. No, nah. mm-hmm. no. Nah. I don't know if it's pathological demand avoidance, but the thought of my emotions controlling me, just no, thank you. Mm-hmm. I got this. Uh-huh. Um, so you learn how to I, basically muscle your thoughts. Like I'm forcing you to think like this. Nope. I don't accept mm-hmm. that. Uh, but also a uh, lot of meditation, a lot of meditation. Mm. Yeah. Do you, do you meditate yourself? Yeah, dude. All the yeah. time. You got to travel your mind. Oh, sure. That's where your I answers are. I don't, yeah. I, 
most of my dog training, I'm not, I'm not doing anything with the dogs. They have their answers. The dog and the person, they have their answers. I'm just there to help, help them find their answers. So mm-hmm. it's same thing. Whatever answer, whatever struggles you're having with you and your dog, you're a therapist, dude. Just apply that. Just look at like those are your kids. Um, mm-hmm. If you don't know how to raise kids, congratulations. Here's your lessons be, before you decide mm-hmm. to pop one out. Right. Right. Get a dog first. <laughs> establish a healthy relationship with that dog before you decide to bring a living baby into this world. Yeah. Yeah. It's a yeah. It's a real game changer for sure. I, I work a lot with kids nowadays and I, I see a lot of like what you're talking about within all that as well. Like kids are incredibly intelligent and they're way smarter than we give them credit for. And, uh, you know, sometimes with, with dogs as well, we don't give them as much credit as they deserve. And, and kids understand what the boundaries are in, in a lot of cases, but, you know, sometimes they can figure out, you know, this is one way I can go. This is another way I can go. Um, however, in other cases, kids aren't really shown what those boundaries are. Um, you know, and, and then when kids are being kind of disciplined for breaking a boundary that they aren't aware of, and then the boundary isn't further clarified, it's just like it, we, we end up driving ourselves nuts because we are just seeing the same thing over and over again. But I don't understand why I'm seeing the same thing over and over again. And we're repeating patterns and then we get burnt out and then we can't even come up with a solution. And so mm-hmm. then we just feel overwhelmed and then we're just like, yeah, our dog's a lost cause. And then we tag in a trainer and we're like, no, you're not. Mm-hmm. You're good. They're right. like, what? It's like, no, you're your own problem. No, I'm not. Uh-huh. No, I'm not. Well, the dog was doing, well, the dog is a dog. Mm-hmm. Well, the dog was doing, the dog is a dog. Well, mm-hmm. the dog, the dog is a dog. You're the adult here. I'm, I'm not here. I, I'm not here to go after your ego or anything. I'm here to help you find solutions. So through that process, right. I, I learned that, okay, certain types of people don't like being talked to this way. Certain types of people don't like being talked to that way. Yada, yada, yada. You have to learn how to talk to your target audience, but that's kind of what a lot of trainers struggle with. They're just, I'm talking, this is, I'm a trainer that does this, 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 my method, this method, that, that, and all of their content is exactly just the same. There's so much more to it. There's so much more to it. Um, I uh, got a wonderful question over here. Um, Lynn asked, uh, can you explain why your dog fearing you and respecting you aren't the same thing? Fear is not respect. Fear is, is not respect. That's used for control. Respect is something that's mutual. Mm. Even it doesn't matter if I'm above you or below you. We're, we're right next to each other. You are my partner. Mm. I learn just as my dogs are my students. I, my kids are my students. I learn from them. They learn from me. That's the type of relationship you're looking for. If they have mm. to be afraid of you to listen to you, that's control. And mm. you're not a good person. I like that. I like that. It's it's more of like a collaborative approach. It's you're, it's a teamwork. You are, how do you build a relationship? You don't build a relationship by listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. You build a relationship by teaching, by guiding, by showing them that I will tend to your needs. If even though some of your, it's unconditional love, the dog is showing you unconditional love, show it back. Right. How do you show that? It's hard people, right? How do I show my dog respect? That's a weird, that's a hard question for me to answer. 
Right. Nobody taught you how to show anybody respect. I learned, I learned from the greats. Rest in peace, Uncle Phil. You know, mm-hmm. how do you show respect? We we didn't we didn't a lot of us didn't have real life role models that were anybody to emulate. So we just lose sight that like, oh, that doesn't exist in real life. This is how people actually act. We talk to each other like this. We treat each other like this. But in the movies and in the, in the shows, that's that's what we're striving to be. That's what we're trying to emulate. That's what we all wish we had. Right. Um, so how do you show respect? You have to look in your mind and find examples of respect that resonate with you. What does respect mm-hmm. mean to you? Uh, sometimes the, but the flip side of that and kind of the double-edged sword is that if somebody is asking, how do you show respect to something? That means that they probably have not been shown much respect in their life. Mm. And right. So you have to kind of it. How do you show respect? How do you teach respect? Respect is nonverbal. Respect is actions. It's how you treat somebody, how you talk. It's not just the language. It's language is a tool. How am I communicating with you? Sometimes I'm communicating with my words. A lot of times I'm communicating with my nonverbals. So it's, it, it, there's a lot to it yeah and and you that this is a profound point um that when it's when it's confusing of what respect is it's a sign that you might not have been shown it yourself um which i yeah i i love that point so much it's something that we i mean that is like the root of what therapy is a lot of the time we've you know, seen it in shows we've seen it in movies but we have not felt it in real life that's emotional right. neglect right Absolutely. And it, it's at the heart of a lot of what, what is involved in therapy. Um, I, I'm, I'm curious because, you know, as we're talking about these ways of, you know, shaping things and you know, being able to uh, being able to take these collaborative approaches more than, you know, these these uh, more demanding kind of approaches. I, I do want to ask some questions about um, a, about ADHD. Um, yeah. One of the things about your account that went over my head for far too long is that your name is the awesome dog handling dude, which is ADHD. It took me too long to figure that out. Very clever though. Um, and so uh, you yourself have ADHD, correct? Allegedly. Allegedly. Yes. <laughs> That's what they tell me. <laughs> I don't know. People say my brain doesn't work well, but then here I am freaking doing big things. So yeah, I don't, I don't yeah. I'm it, it worked out. Um, but no, I was I was diagnosed with ADD as a as a kid. And so I guess it just evolved into ADHD, kind of like Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Right. If it's outdated now, ADD is outdated. Yep. I know that's not actually how it works. I know it's not <laughs> right. Um, but that's, you know, I, I joke. Yeah, I, I get you. Um, yeah, the, the, uh, the DSM people decided to to change things up a little bit as they do from time to time. A lot of behaviors, just talking about a lot of behaviors, labeling behaviors. Truly. And it's, it's one of the things that we always notice with ADHD is a lot of like the behaviors and then parents come and, you know, it's like, why is my kid acting like this? And yeah, that's a lot of how that, that. Why is my dog acting like this? Why is my dog, the dog's acting like this because it's not, you're not meeting its emotional needs to include 
uh, finding proper outlets for its pent up energy and excitement. And it has to have the zoomies and be mentally stimulated and all of these things. That's why people with neurodivergency, ADHD, they're so drawn to working with animals because it's mentally stimulating for them. Anything else in this world is just boring. It's predictable pattern recognition. We can predict all these patterns. You know, what's impressive predicting the unpredictable, predicting the stuff that people don't understand. I don't understand. My dog just started biting out of nowhere. Now, if you follow the pattern of behaviors back long enough, you can find that, oh, when it was a puppy, nobody loved it. Mm-hmm. And then we've been telling it it's a bad dog up until now. And now it's frustrated and lashing out. Right. right? So that's how I read the behaviors. Yeah. Which makes a lot of sense. Um, I guess it's like the way the way I conceptualize it, it makes a lot of sense in my mind what you're what you're talking about. Um, and so I guess with the a lot of what we do nowadays in, in therapy with people who are adults is a lot of figuring out where along this timeline did these kinds of things happen and you know why am I doing the things that I'm doing now? And so for you as somebody who has had ADHD, uh, previously ADD when you were younger, um, are there things that you can point to for, I guess, how, how your environment responded to you when you had ADD as a child and even growing up, becoming an adolescent, a young adult to where you are now? Ultimately, I was stifled. Um, I, I, looking back, I was very understimulated, but it was also because, um, I mean, I didn't realize up until maybe you know, two years ago or something about a year ago, you know, learning about masking and everything and like, oh, the voices inside my head are are more of me than who this person is. I started self-hate, a lot of self-hate. I did not like the person I was. And I realized that that stemmed from childhood. Um, a, a lot of it, it, it had more to do with my home environment. I wouldn't say that my home environment necessarily reacted to my ADHD. Um, but growing up, um, I had a hard time focusing. I developed maladaptive daydreaming. Um, and you know, that kind of just turned into maladaptive nightmares, which developed into just self-hatred and bad self-dialogue. And so I had a, a lot of the reasons how I learned how to communicate so effectively is by learning how to talk to myself first. Um, because I was not very kind to myself and it, it's not necessarily that anybody put those thoughts in my head. It's just that I never felt like I was enough, which is also where that perfectionism kind of comes in constantly trying to climb the mountain of just, I, I don't know what my purpose is. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. I just need to do something, but I have, uh, like, this is kind of what's going on inside and I don't know which direction I need to go. Do I need to go to college? Do I need to go to here? Do I need to go? I I don't know what to do. And nobody's really, I, I never really developed a sense of self. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, your thoughts just kind of start to consume you. And I guess that's, if that may, I just jumped all over the place, but if that made any sense of at all, that's kind of how I pieced together looking back at my, my past. I see, I see how a lot of my my destructive habits and patterns were formed. And so 
I hyper fixated on myself the same way I would hyper fixate on trying to recondition a dog. Hey, if I really value this dog and I really want to save this dog and work with this dog, I have to put everything into it. And I never learned to do that for myself. So I had to learn how, okay, I know how to take care of a dog. It needs structure. It needs this and that and blah, blah, blah. And da, 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 and da, da, da. Oh, me too. Me too. And so um, there was once a point that I quite literally did not understand the concept of loving yourself. It made no sense to me. I, I literally looked at myself and I hated, I absolutely hated myself. Give me a minute. You got it. Um, and it took a lot of work to recondition that. So the way I look at that is I just kind of had a triggering thought. And normally that would send me into a little emotional spiral. Um, but I've learned how to regulate myself a little bit better. I understand how, how powerful the mind is and how damaging it can be. Um, and getting, you can, look in that direction. Hey, remember when you hated yourself and you can kind of get sucked into that rabbit hole and then spiral down. Right. Um, and so patience, patience. You're not, this is all in your head. This is all in your head. Do what brings you comfort. So for me, I learned just, okay, block everything out for a second. This world doesn't even exist. Find your breath, listen to your heart. What's going on? That's all in your head. Do you still feel like crying? It's okay to cry. You're allowed to cry if you want to. I understand that I'm allowed to cry. I just don't feel the need to cry right now. Um, but anyways, learning how to really pull yourself out of a tough spot. Um, like I said, believing that that darkness was me once upon a time and now being able to pull myself out of it. I look at it as I used to train dogs to find bombs. Um, and now every now and then I step on a psychological bomb inside my head, a thought pops up and I, Oh, I don't like this thought. And what does that do to your brain? And that just kind of causes you to whatever, you know, whatever you, you're really, you're reliving whatever's going on in your head. Right. Um, and so really understanding that process and understanding that, hey, this is all just in your mind and your brain is releasing chemicals. This mm -hmm. may cause you to feel weird. It may cause you to feel awkward. But if you kind of just sit through it and breathe, mm -hmm. you know, release whatever you have to release. Um, it's been a long road. It's been a long yeah. road. Um, but I realize that there are a lot of dogs. So if I get reactive, uh, the way that it, complex PTSD, you know, it's PTSD. It's very complex. People don't understand. Right? <laughs> uh, what am I, what am I going for? Um, psychological issues. It's blind and people that don't understand how, um, how they can cause that type of mental turmoil for somebody. It's hard for them to understand how how much it takes a toll on a person 
how hard it is for them to function normally, right? right. Because we just don't look at a person's psychological wounds and value those enough. I think maybe that's the mm-hmm. point I'm kind of going for. I, I absolutely agree. And I mean, man, there's, there's so much you said that re- I think really resonates that I want to comment on. I just don't know Take where to really begin. Um, but yeah, I, I, and I, I think that's one of the things that goes into trying to better understand neurodivergency and being able to better understand trauma in general. It, it's one of the really important parts of the work right now. Um, and it's one of the things that I think social media has been helpful in, in, mm-hmm. in a lot of ways is being able to better understand that there is a really universal aspect to this. You know, mm-hmm. a, a lot of us can understand where we are all coming from in these different ways. And, you know, in the same way that you understand where the dog is coming from by being able to relate, you know, how, how you are feeling and, and what, ha- what you have gone through, uh, you know, it, it allows you to better better understand that. And I see a lot of people in the, in the chat over here also being able to resonate with what you're talking about. Um, so I guess I wonder for you, was there like a, a turning point for you? Was there a moment of like an, an enlightenment or like a, a time in your life even, just if we're to expand a little bit past just a moment, where things really started clicking for you and you were like, this is, I think there's something really going on here. I, I want to really pay some attention to this. Um, you could watch that process unfold in my TikTok page, dude. Mm. I, so for me, um, I guess a lot of these dog trainers, their dream is to, I have a really badass dog Mm -hmm. and I can train it and do this. And it's really awesome. Um, and I did that kind of on, on an assembly line with, training in the military we get a trailer of dogs train them up trailer train them up and so for me the the technical the all all of those types of aspects of going doing the physical training made perfect sense i understand also the the psychology of shaping the behaviors that we want it wasn't until i I started this business and stepping out of that fast paced environment and started just doing training my own way. Mm-hmm. I started realizing, Oh, I'm learning so much just by doing mm-hmm. uh, things my own way, my own pace, my own did. And so that's where things started to become more clear. Um, but it, I'm learning all of that and applying it to my life. And so I started, I'm learning how to recondition the dogs while also reconditioning a lot of my own behaviors and my own uh, thought patterns. And, and so it's, uh, it, it's, it's almost like all of my life, right? It's your dogs are your mirrors. It's your lessons just kind of come to you. What, what lesson do you need to learn? Well, you need to learn how to set boundaries. A dog is going to teach you how to set boundaries or that dog is going to annoy you or hurt you or destroy your things, right? Mm-hmm. It's either it's that dog's going to continue to do all of these things or you teach it how to uh, listen to your boundaries. Right. Um, and if you don't know how to do that, you have to have somebody to step in and teach that dog how to listen to the boundaries. But then the dog still has to listen that to the boundaries 
we still have to teach the dog that the boundaries apply to mom and dad and Mm -hmm. kids and ex and all the different variables. We have to give the dogs all the dots that they need until they finally, oh, wait a second, draw the picture. I'm not supposed to jump on people, just people in general, unless I'm invited up or something, right? Your relationship with your dog just dictates that. Um, But it's the same thing. Dogs are looking are learning through pattern recognition. They're, they're learning through the people around them, their environment. They're taking in the, the social aspects of whether it's a multi-dog home. I, they're siblings. It, if you're doing it right, they're siblings. It, you can get your dogs to, to have a good home balance as long as you're teaching them where to channel all of their energy. You're giving them healthy outlets and providing them the stimulation that they actually need. From there, they are dog. I'm having a great time being dog, 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 mm-hmm. dog, 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 dog. And then when we come home or when it's from this time to this time, structure and routine, right. it's, it's time to calm down. It's time to relax. Yeah, I had a great day of being a dog. Uh-huh. You do that and your dogs are going to, one, love listening. They're going to mm-hmm. start wanting to interact with you. Wow. The more I interact with you and I engage with you, the more we get to go out and have fun and advance the things that we're learning. But if we're just going out and stressing and then not doing anything, Mm -hmm. we're just repeating cycles, repeating patterns. Why are we doing this? And, and so it's up to us to bing light bulb. I'm the adult. I'm the human being with thumbs. And apparently I'm more intelligent than these things. This one is proving me not to be as intelligent, but uh-huh. apparently I'm more intelligent, but I can't figure out simple conflict resolution with a dog. Mm-hmm. Right. Like it, it, that's how I look at it. It's simple conflict resolution. It's just, we get too caught up in, in the stories of it. So if I'm watching a show, right. We're the type of people that kind of, I can predict uh, what's going to happen in a show pattern mm-hmm. recognition. Right. So I'm stepping into your story. Okay, let me watch your show. So you got this dog did all of this. You did all of that, blah, blah, blah. That's your origin story. I read your story. Okay, uh, I don't like the, the book that you were writing. Let me, let me kind of give you some suggestions. Try doing this, this, and that. Okay, and then their story starts unfolding and, and coming together. It's going to be a, it's a calibration process, up and down. Positive, negative. We got to find the neutral. Uh, too hot, too cold, just right. Mm-hmm. Goldilocks. Um, nice. But basically, that's kind of how I look at it. Yeah, I. It's it is fascinating to listen to you talk about dogs, man. It is like it's my special interest, dude. Yeah, yeah, you're special. I and I, I, you're very good yeah. at it. The the way that you conceptualize mm-hmm. it makes a lot of sense. And the the thing that um. I guess one of the things that really jumps out to me is you, know, you talked about like your dog being a mirror to you, you know, like your dog is te- can teach you a lot of things about yourself. And it's one mm-hmm. of the things that I had noticed a lot when I was uh, working with our, with our newest dog. Like my dog is very reactive and is very anxious because I am very anxious to go outside because I know that my dog is reactive. And so we're yep. in this constant loop where it's like, she's reacting and then I'm getting anxious and then she's looking at me and I'm anxious and she's like, okay, well then there, I must need to react. Like I even noticed there are parts within our walk where like, you know, uh, I know that there's going to be this dog that's going to jump from behind this fence 
And even on those days when the dog never comes, that anxiety is still there. And I can see that my dog is still very anxious as well. And, Mm -hmm. you know, to, I mean, generalize this to human psychology as well. This is one of the things that we see with, with a lot of kids as well. Like one of the things that I love about the job that I do is that I don't just do therapy in an office, but I get to go to people's homes and I work with them there. And so I get to see like, you know, yeah, if I were to just see this kid in school, I'd be like, why are they acting like this? And then I go home and it's like, oh, like, yeah, there, there's, you know, I, I see that your siblings are treating you this way. Your parents doing this thing. You know, I, I can see why we are responding this kind of way. And, and mm-hmm. so I just, I, I love the idea of being able to learn more about yourself by being able to learn more about your dog. I, I love that as a concept. So how I kind of look at it too is just like kids, dogs are going to learn that uh, I grew up in, a, in two households. I knew there was rules at mom's house. There was rules at dad's house. There's rules at schools. At, right. So you're you're a different kid in, yeah. in all these different environments. At least that's how I grew up. I, I just kind of adapted to whatever environment I went into. Mm-hmm. Um, and so. Dogs do the same thing. They're going to adapt to to the structure. So if your dog goes to a daycare, they go to a day, if it's a good daycare, if, mm-hmm. if they're going to a daycare and, oh, they, they go and they listen and they have fun. But then when they come home, they, yeah, because there's no structure at home. You didn't teach them that there's rules at home. You just taught them that at home is their enclosure and they can come in and run the place. Right. But at home, those people have to make sure operations are running smoothly and they understand that they have to create a structured environment for the dogs to safely interact and, and do whatever they do in that environment. But we don't know how to recreate that at home. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's the answer to a lot of people's problems is finding a way to make your home environment make sense to your dog. Mm -hmm. And it's establishing communication routines. Um, It just, it depends on what, what your goals are and what you want to do, but you have to establish a solid foundation and then build from there. A lot of people are like, I want my dog to be doing this. It's like, mm-hmm. um, this isn't Minecraft. We can't just build things all the way up here. We oh. have to start at the bottom and work our way up. Also, I've never played Minecraft. I don't know if that's how that works. <laughs> I believe it is. <laughs> but uh, what that, that leads me to, a, I guess, another question I had for you, because I know that one of the services that you offer um, as a dog trainer is that you do boarding as well. And mm-hmm. you also do virtual visits. And, and so I wonder for you, because I, I could see where the lines become blurred between work and home and self-care mm-hmm. is so important regardless of the work that we do, but especially yes. if you're doing a job that requires you to be so patient with dogs. So I wonder how, how has, what does self-care look like for you? How has that developed over time? That was a struggle. That was a hard balance for me to, to find. I'm still finding it, um, but the way I look at it, I, I am a working breed human and nobody taught me how to take care of myself and nobody taught me how to rest or to tell me that it's okay, buddy, you did a good job, lay down, go lay on your bed, go do this. Cause I always feel like I have work to do. Right. So being able to structure that and especially when I, you're, I'm building a business from scratch. I, I have an idea of what I want to do and how I want to structure things, but I also know that I'm a perfectionist and I'm, going to fine tune things and I'm going to. So it was a balance, but 
over over the course of this past year, it helped me find the balance and find how I need to structure things. So for me, um, I have my my dogs that are here. Obviously, they know the the rules, the routines. They're they're just my homies. We listen. Sometimes we go out and train. Sometimes we have dogs in here, and they help the other dogs learn what a dog environment is supposed to a, a, a environment that's conducive to for dogs to be learning. What does that look like? And they come in here and they're just intrigued with everything. And I get a completely different dog that's at home. And that dog I can teach while simultaneously having to teach um, parents, right? There's still things they need to know, but also that's what all of these videos are for. Watch all of this stuff and and you'll understand better what I'm doing with your dogs. Um, But also then, yeah, virtuals. But basically I learned what pace works best for me. And so if I'm bringing a dog in here, I, I'm making sure that we are starting the foundation and pretty much introducing that, walking them around on leash, making sure that um, they understand the boundaries of, of the house, making sure they're not just, oh, I can jump up on the counters. No, if I see that you're about to jump up on the counter, that leash is going to stop you from doing that. And then I'm going to redirect your attention over here, come over here. We don't do that. And we have to kind of reset. Um, where was I going with this? Setting boundaries, right? So you have to set boundaries with your work-life balance too. So you have to learn how to be able to shut off work. And like you said, it's hard to do, but it's it's easier if you understand how to help the dogs understand kind of the flow of what their days are going to look like mm-hmm. when they come in. So like I said, with uh, if you've seen the videos, how doing the lights, uh, doing mm-hmm. the lights and yeah. even sometimes music or something like that, switching the lights to red, we're turning off all the blue lights, although just like the sunlight, right? The sun's down. The, the white lights, the blue lights, all the blue lights are down. It's red. That means it's time to settle down. So kind of signaling to the dogs that work mode is done. It's time to relax. Mm-hmm. But also, as far as my job goes, I still have to teach the dog how to relax. But for me, it's a relaxing process because all I have to do is sit on the couch and help help you find comfort. Just sit here and I'll reinforce you. I'll give you treats. I'll give you pet, whatever that dog kind of needs to just sit down and relax. The similar concept of me taking a dog out and mm-hmm. people watching. I just want to sit here and let you observe. I want you to sit here and observe the house. What is it? Oh, that dog's laying down. That dog's laying down. That kid is sitting in that chair and you are just a ball of energy bouncing all over the place. This is what I want you to do. So I have to, I, the dog's just, I want to do this, this, this. Nope. Focus on me. Okay. What are we doing? Sit, stay, lay next to me. Okay. Oh, we're just relaxing. And you have to find ways to make that make sense to the dog. And you have to find ways to make that, uh, consistent for the dogs. So that's working with, with, with the new dogs. Like I said, when I'm doing that, that aspect of things doesn't always feel like work for me, but if you're taking on too many dogs, um, that can be overwhelming. Right. And that's, Mm -hmm. that's where a lot of people kind of struggle. But for me, if you're kind of just taking one dog and just teaching them every step that they need to learn and, you can see the light bulb go off in their head Mm -hmm. for me, right? 
You did something good. I rewarded you. Me teaching you something, that's my reward. I got a little bit of dopamine dopamine right there. Thank you so much, right, for, for being intelligent. That's awesome. Yeah. So I guess uh, in a sense that can be kind of a, uh, a self-reinforcing process. Um, you yeah. Know, if, if I'm doing that. And so, yeah, because that's exactly it. You are, you are focusing on your special interest, and your special interest is you and your dog. You and your dog are, are learning tasks together. Your dog is happy that you are teaching them in a way that they understand. And that makes you mentally stimulating and makes you interesting. You have their attention. Mm-hmm. Um, while also, wow, I'm teaching this dog something. I didn't think I could do that. Mm-hmm. You are boosting your own confidence, your own ability to teach. Because then the more you learn, uh, the less I have to keep repeating myself. Uh-huh. That's basically it. It's like, yeah. I, I like, you know, you have questions. I'd love to answer them. Mm-hmm. But some of these things, it's like, guys, just start doing the work. Your answers will come to you. You don't have mm-hmm. to keep coming to me. Um, yeah. But obviously everybody starts somewhere. And um, if, if you need my help, I'm willing to meet you where you are. Absolutely. I know everybody's journey starts and ends somewhere. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And it's uh, a lot of those journeys are, they involve a lot of those small steps of just like, you know, in, in the same way that like you reinforce the dogs, you know, if you are moving towards the thing I want you to move towards, you're going to get reinforced. You know, if you start doing it, you know, and then once you have nailed it, you know, we are reinforced like crazy and, you know, now you're having a great time and you, you figured it out and humans mm-hmm. operate largely in the same way. You know, sometimes we just need to, we need to shape the behaviors that we want to do. We have to set these shorter term goals for what we're trying to do. Um, a lot of the things that I, I talk about with clients, uh, like when we're developing treatment plans and then, you know, at the start of new years, of course, um, is, you know, I understand that like, this is where you want to get to, that there's like this massive thing that you want to do. We have to understand that the, the steps are very small sometimes. And yep. it's, it's all about not necessarily, I, I find a lot of people catch themselves doing the wrong things and they don't catch themselves doing it right. Like you don't catch yourself being good. You don't catch yourself when you're doing that because you're mm-hmm. noticing all the things, all, all the times when you're not doing it perfectly. Right. Because you focus, you can do something right a hundred times, but everybody remembers that one time you did it wrong yeah. and you are your worst critic. Mm-hmm. And right. so that it, it's just a snowball effect. Yeah. And so a lot of the times the biggest struggle is uh, people just don't believe in their own, their own abilities. Mm-hmm. Um a lot of times if I get somebody that like, Oh, my dog's a lost cause. My do- Oh, you think you're a lost cause. Mm-hmm. Cause it, the dog can learn anything. It's your ability to teach them. So if you're saying the dog's a lost cause, that just means that you don't, nobody taught you enough about doggies. That's all. Mm-hmm. Right. right. It's, it's a process. It's a process. Yeah. It's, it's a, exactly. It's a process. It's going to take time. It's going to, these things don't just come programmed knowing English and mm-hmm. also that, Okay, I heard the word sit, but what am I supposed to do with that word? Mm-hmm. So you have to you have to teach them and program them. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. what it, um, I like to look at it almost like Nintendo dogs a little bit. You got to okay. make sure your your dog's needs are met. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to right the, it's going to have all the all the uh, stat bars and everything. Mm-hmm. Are your dog's needs met? Have you done enough training? What skills would you like to improve on? Oh, your dog's good. Your sit is wow. You mastered sit, down, bed, 
uh, off. No, we, my dog doesn't know how to off. So mm-hmm. we have to work on that one. I don't understand that one. I don't, oh God, I don't know what to do. Oh, and my dog's barking too much. And I don't, mm-hmm. oh no, I don't know what to do. And we uh, get overwhelmed instead of just, hey, pretend it's actually Nintendo dogs and it's not a race. If you're playing Nintendo dogs, you're not putting all this stress on it, but it's real life. You gotta, you gotta take it back. Okay, so here are our flaws. My dog barks too much. I don't know how to teach that. My dog does this too much. I don't know how to teach that. Mm-hmm. You recognize that, and then you either one, start doing some research and taking some active steps, do some critical thinking, right? That's what right. we're really looking for. If I can teach a dog how to think critically, I think us humans can start doing that too. Mm-hmm. Um, but we start thinking critically on finding solutions to teach our dogs. Um, and then if you can't quite figure that out, that's what us trainers are here for. Right. But ultimately right. you, you and your dogs have your answers. Um, right. and, and you being able to overcome if, if your dog's behaviors are loud and they're creating stress, that stress is conflict. And that conflict is coming from, uh, miscommunication or misunderstanding, right? It's, it's a misunderstanding mm-hmm. on either the dog's part, the dog doesn't understand human culture and the dog or the human doesn't understand dog culture enough. And we're just like, mm-hmm. I don't know what's going My dog's acting uh, like this and rah, 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 it's conflict resolution. Let's step back. Let's mm-hmm. step back. You guys just don't understand each other. So every time we get closer, rah, Oh, okay. So mm-hmm. we don't have a very good relationship. Do we, we have right. to start working on that. Um, and so I got distracted. Hey, it's all good. One of the things that um, that you brought up was, uh, and which I think really applies to humans as well, is that you talked about like, you know, what are the goals? What am I trying to do? And you talked about like uh, not barking. Well, I don't know how to, how to teach that. You know, it, I, I don't want you to be doing this. I don't want you to be doing that. Don't you be doing this. And we do that to ourselves a lot. And um, a lot of times we just talk about all the things that I don't want to be doing instead of the things that I would like to be doing instead. One of the mm-hmm. um, strongest principles that I've used for myself within um, like behavioral psychology is the idea of incompatible behaviors. We teach ourselves and we train ourselves to do things that are incompatible with the thing that I don't want to be doing. One of the um, biggest changes in my life and the reason why I still wake up at 5 a.m. every day is because when I had a really serious problem with substance abuse, Mm -hmm. I found that if I'm not staying up late, then I am not able to go on these really long tears of me using these substances. So if I go to bed, it's impossible for me to do that. Okay. And how am I going to convince myself to go to bed? Well, I want to wake up early so I can go to the gym. I can't wake up and go to the gym if I have been drinking until 3 a.m. So I am going to try to implement this in my life. And so I still, to this day, I wake up at five, I go to the gym and I continue to do that. Um, you know, of course, too, too far of an extent sometimes. I think part of myself is still the reason why the perfectionism has continued has not only been a trauma thing, but also a fear of what I have inside of me type of thing. Yes. But yeah, you, you I, I love the idea of just, you know, focusing on what you want to improve, what you want to do rather than the things that you are trying to stop doing. Basically the way I look at it is that we are restricting the behavior. We don't want to continue anymore. Mm-hmm. We are trying to find ways to make, make it so that this behavior can't be reinforced. And for a dog, it's pretty easy. We can put them on a leash and prevent them from doing that while teaching them something else, a better, a better 
behavior, a task or whatever the, the situation calls for. Us as humans, we have to rely on our own self-discipline. And a lot of people, as much as they love to think that they have self-discipline, they can improve on that, right? Sure. They're looking, they're, they're the little stat bar. We could all improve on that. And, but a lot of people like to just believe that they're perfect the way they are. Um, and while, yes, that we are perfect the way we are, but at the same time, some of our behaviors suck. And I think we should try to improve and treat people nicer. I, right. We're perfect except for stop treating people so shitty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I think that would be a, uh, a general positive goal for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so, okay, go, 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 you go. um so i guess a few a few final questions as we kind of wrap up here um i have just some fun things uh to ask you about um one of the things that i love about your page and it became a big thing on dog trainer uh tiktok for a little bit was your idea of dancing with your dogs like having fun with them that like you need to be exciting to be around or your dog's not gonna want to pay attention to you and you had just this whole string of like dancing with your dogs and so I guess because somebody kind of hated on that, a bunch of other dog trainers came in and they were like, no, we're going to dance with our dogs too. Um, and so I, I guess, what is it? What, was that something that you came up with or was that something you had heard somewhere? It was just like your personality clashing with the job that you do. Like, So I guess we can go two ways with this, with, with this question right now. Uh, do we want to know about the roots of that trend or do we want to know about the roots of the dancing first? Uh, let's talk about the roots of the trend just so, cause I know not okay, everybody's so roots, all keyed in. The roots it. of the trend was basically, I just posted a video of having, I, I was messing around with my dog dancing and this crotchety old woman got on there and said it was embarrassing. Uh-huh. Um, and a lot of people respond to hate, right? is they lash back well you're this trainer you're this trainer oh man you got to transmute negative energy you're trying to say i'm embarrassing let me show you how embarrassing (laughs) i can be dude i wore i wore skinny jeans and a wig you did that's not embarrassing to me are you kidding me that's anyways so yeah it's it's trying to just actions speak louder than words somebody's throwing hate your way what do you do I'm going to make something funny out of it. Absolutely. <laughs> you trying to bring, you trying to dim my light. Nice mm-hmm. try. Uh-huh. Nice try. That's not possible. Oh, That's yeah. not possible. I've been in some pretty dark places, my guy. Mm-hmm. I learned how to shine bright as stuff. Frick. <laughs> yeah. You know, fucking my great. Uh, I said it anyways. Oh my, my great, God. Wonderful. <laughs> I, I think my grandma's here. I'm sorry, grandma. Oh, uh, what up grandma? I'm sorry, grandma. Oh. I didn't mean to cuss. <laughs> Any uh any favorite songs? Any favorite kind of genres? Um, no, the dancing. When it comes to when it comes to the music, um, the dancing is emotional regulation for me. It's it's art too. It's rejection therapy. It's mm-hmm. it's a lot encompassed into one. Where I first started doing it is one. It's just like, I don't know what to do. I have this pent up energy and I just listen. Music has always talked to me. It's always been my language. You know, you go in here and 
maladapted daydream. Nothing else exists. I'm just in my own head. And the music has always kind of just been, um, I guess, kind of my background music to the stories that go on inside my head. It's just my stories were always uh, bad. Now they're a lot, they're a lot cooler now. Yeah. Um, I forgot. No, I remember. So hey, let's go. I, I, started, I started just kind of dancing and moving around. Mm -hmm. And I realized that a, a lot of dogs are poorly conditioned to human beings. They don't understand mm -hmm. us. They don't understand our movements. And especially a lot of dogs are just poorly conditioned to men because we're loud, we're obnoxious, we're this, we're that. And we, we're not very empathetic towards creatures that we view under us. Mm -hmm. So what I find is that if I kind of do these quick jerky movements around them, right? How do they respond to them? Why are you doing that? Why? Okay. This dog, it needs some reconditioning. How do I do that? Well, I'm going to put on some tunes and kind of make it fun and playful and what peekaboo. Uh -huh. <laughs> that, it's not so bad. Right. And so that's what I'm kind of becoming what they fear. You're a scary man. Right. I'm becoming the mirror. That's basic. You're afraid of me. Right, I couldn't be scared, but I'm not doing that. That's what you're afraid of. Look at what I'm actually doing. What? what? And so they kind of get a little dose of their fear. Mm -hmm. oh, I'm afraid, but oh, it's friendly. Oh, and their tail starts. Okay, so they get yeah. this little bit of recit. I'm afraid, but oh no, overcome the fear. I'm afraid, but overcome the fear. And now it's fun. And now sit, stay. Right? If you and they like, oh, I can listen through this fear, and you're confident. Where you start building that confidence, but that confidence. But the way I look at it is if the dog has been conditioned to look at people that way and kind of fear them, mm -hmm. reconditioning them, you have to kind of become what they fear just a little bit so that you can recondition them. And that builds the trust. Oh, I thought you were the freaking boogeyman, but yeah, I'm your best friend, dude. You got nothing to be afraid of. It's just me. And you kind of build from there. And so if you're doing that with the dogs enough, they start to, get better conditioned to being around people and seeing what a regulated human is supposed to look like and be like and act like. Um, and it just kind of becomes a creative, fun process that you and your dog can do. Like I said, the music that I'm listening to is just whatever is speaking to me at the time to help me find if I, if I'm having kind of like a, a grumpy day, a sad day, whatever my mood is. Okay. So if, if my goal is to train my dog today, uh, I didn't get much sleep. I'm kind of tired. I'm coming in from a fatigued angle. I gotta, I gotta get myself calibrated, listen to some music, get some dance it, whatever it is, get myself through that. Okay. I'm a little bit tired. Okay. Now I'm, I'm calibrated, ready to train my dog. Uh, Woke up on the wrong side of the bed today, a little grumpy. I have to listen to some like rock and, and kind of get my way this way. Um, and so it, again, it depends on where I'm at and what I have to do to be the best trainer I have to be for my dog. But ultimately, if I'm trying to do all of this stuff and it's not quite working, that might be my sign that it's a rest day. Mm -hmm. Hey, buddy, we need to we need to kind of just let's just chill. Let's take a, a an easy day um, because I don't always have somebody to say, you're done. You did a good job. Go lay down. Right. Um, so my own, it's kind of my own little alarm clock. Okay. Yeah. Nothing kind of feels right. Stop trying to force it. Go have some breakfast tacos. Right. That's basically Meet yourself where you're at. 
Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Self love. And uh, absolutely. And uh, that that grill really speaks to you as well. I know that's a a big part of uh, it's something I've been noticing a lot on your page as well. Um, you you grill quite a bit, don't you? Uh, I'd, I'd say so. I'd say so. Yeah, I love the smell. I love yeah. the smell. I'm also I love the fire. I'm an Aries. Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, I'm a fire sign. There so. you go. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, a couple other uh, just kind of fun questions. Um, oh, do you have any uh, favorite dog breeds? Any breeds that you either like working with or you really like uh, having as pets? I can say I, I'm not one of the ones that gets too hooked up on the types of breeds. I, mm -hmm. I like an intelligent dog. And to me, all dogs are intelligent. So it's mm -hmm. just whatever dogs come my way. My like or dislike for the dog tends to come from how much I like or dislike the person. True. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> right? the, for me, the dog is never, it, it, the dog's never really the problem. The dog was just yeah. misunderstood for a very long time. And then the behaviors became annoying to the people. Mm. So I, I look at the dogs and I, I don't care how big you are, how little you are, right? Mm -hmm. you know, I can turn into Dr. Seuss and describe every dog we, you can imagine right now. Mm -hmm. And that dog, there's a little puppy dog on the inside somewhere that just wants to be loved. It wants to be heard. It wants to be seen and it wants its needs met. And I, that's basically it. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of, for me, the voice of neurodivergency too. A lot of people hiding behind a mask. They don't know how to speak up for themselves. I learned how to talk through talking through the dogs because they, they never tell me that I'm wrong. And honestly, I learned that I'm right a lot that you grow up and you're right a lot of the times and people are, they just don't like to hear the truth. And so they tell you that they're wrong or, you know, they, how do they respond to the objective truth? Well, if I'm telling the objective truth to this dog that the, your behaviors are because your parents are doing all of this. And the dog's going to look at me and be like, yeah, dude, absolutely. But if I'm like, hey, parents, you're doing all of this. No, I don't like mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Okay, well, um, okay, so I have to figure out how to talk to a brick wall. I got this. Mm -hmm. uh, what are your special interests as, as a boomer? Uh, mm -hmm. Making young people pay taxes. Okay, cool. So your dog, <laughs> wait, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> anyways. Yeah. I, and yeah, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that quite a bit. And I, I, I feel like one of the no things, yeah. And yeah. I, so, and I feel like one of the things that helps all of us to be able to, you know, work through the masks and be able to work with the things underneath is being able to have these, these kinds of conversations and, you know, being able yes. to talk about everything. And, you know, it, I think it really helps to, be able to, you know, have someone like yourself who, you know, has gotten to the point that you're at and you, um, you know, you are a genius when it comes to the way that you conceptualize working with dogs and the way that you combine this with mental health. And I have nothing but love and respect for you for Amen. coming on and, and talking about everything today. I appreciate you having me. And again, guys, it's Rob's birthday. He had me on his birthday. He scheduled. I didn't pick this date. He picked the date. I didn't. I, he knew it was his birthday <laughs> and he picked it. I really, uh, I really appreciate it, Rob. And um, for anybody out there, I'm learning just as much from Rob too. I, I mean, the same thing. I learned from multiple trainers on here. I learned from multiple therapists, but I listen to the, the people that resonate with me the most. 
right? And so our content a lot of times parallels. And so that's why we, I, I think we relate so well. Um, but ultimately for anybody watching, it is scrolling through your content and figuring out what actually resonates with you, what's actually educational, what's what's actually talking to you versus what is just feels like they are trying to just force me to believe what their words are saying. Mm -hmm. right? Some of us are, are educating. Some of us are trying to show you what truth actually is supposed to look and feel like. Um, and I think that's why a lot of us are here right now. Absolutely. So let's go ahead and... Uh... I definitely want to make sure we, we plug some of your stuff. Um, so uh, I know all of your stuff can be found on CPRK9training.com, correct? Yep. Or the okay, beacons, wonderful. the beacons in my, in my LinkedIn, whatever social media platform you go to, um, the beacons will link to pretty much anything you need to contact me. Wonderful. Um, and just briefly, uh, what kinds of things do you offer as a dog trainer and as a TikTok creator? Um, as a dog trainer, so obviously I, I have services, uh, pretty much any of my physical services are going to be reserved to people in my local area, um, for as far as board and training and in-home private sessions, but I offer virtual sessions, um, messaging services, phone consultations, um, pretty much however we need to connect and communicate to help you find solutions for you to put in the work for your dog. Uh, I'm pretty good at articulating things and finding solutions. And so all I have to do is kind of get enough pieces of your puzzle and hyper fixate on, on your situation, put myself in your shoes and find a solution that works best for me. Um, I'm, I'm an Aries, so I'm a little bit selfish. Uh, but you also learn how to empathize with others that way. You put yourself in their shoes, find the solutions um, and help them take the steps that help them see that like the spark, you are the person that can make these changes. I'm telling you that I see a situation. Um, I'm going to go a little bit off topic. I'm not here to give anybody false hope. I'm not here to give anybody false hope. If I come into a situation and I don't see a clear solution, I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. Um, so I don't want anybody to think that I'm just going to come in and fix all of your problems. It doesn't work that way. Um, but additionally, the newest, uh, the, what am I looking for? The apprenticeship. Yeah. Um, it's still, it's still a work in progress. And basically I need people to help me kind of make the, the vision I have come to fruition and so that's why the, the five people uh, I'll be offering the apprenticeship to free to, to five people, but that's going to be a selective process. I'm looking for like-minded people with the same drive. Um, so when I say get my attention, people send me random messages all the time. Mm -hmm. I, I, I need something more. So far I've had one person uh, contact me that you come at me correct, you have my attention. Uh, there are some people out here that already have my attention. Mm -hmm. I'm just waiting for, for those people to kind of uh, make the, listen to their gut, take the steps themselves, take the initiative to find a way to contact me in a way that's gonna catch my interest. Um, because ultimately, 
my goal for this apprenticeship is to help people learn how to learn from TikTok. For me, this has been a great tool, a great resource for myself, not just as a dog trainer, but as somebody that was reconditioning uh, basically my subconscious thought patterns. I, I learned not, again, not just from therapists, not just, just I learned from so much. The cultural diversity that this, this offers um, can, really, can really help people uh, shape their lives the way they want them to be. Mm-hmm. And so essentially the apprenticeship is, I'm going to be giving you kind of instructions. Like I said, if, if you weren't here at the beginning, the, the TikTok page is kind of my virtual journal. All of my notes are in there. You can learn from me. Uh, a lot of dog training is reading behaviors, reading people, reading the room, and then learning to read between the lines. There's a lot of kind of Easter eggs in, in my videos. You know, you, you kind of go through and you're just like, what was, why did he do that? Why did he do Sometimes those are intentional. Sometimes I just made a mistake in a video. Sometimes they're intentional. Um, and so the idea is that a lot of trainers are understimulated and they need a fun and interactive way to learn. Um, I will kind of be assigning uh, almost like homework. Mm-hmm. Basically, it's any, if I'm looking for apprenticeships for anybody uh, just like the, the dogs, I don't care what breed of person you are. Mm-hmm. I'm looking for the specific drive, the motivation, the determination, and, and the will to do what you need to do to better yourself. Because ultimately, um, I've walked my path. I'm comfortable with, my, with the steps I'm taking now. If you need my guidance, I'm here to help you. I am here to help. Because um, I have learned a lot of things the hard way. And I do not, uh, I, I don't want anybody else to have to learn things the hard way. Absolutely. Awesome dog handling, dude. Ian, appreciate you so much for coming on, man. Um, we'll you. definitely have to, uh, we'll have to talk again. There's of so many course, things we man. talked about and so many more things to talk about. So we'll have to do this with, with less pressure, with less yeah. pressure. We made this a big <laughs> event. We need to just right? hang out and talk. That's all we got to do. I feel you, man. Um, but no, absolutely. I would love it. I know you're doing this podcast and everything too. So mm-hmm. that, I, I really appreciate you having me. I, I appreciate you giving me this opportunity to speak mm-hmm. and I appreciate everybody that came out to listen. Um, stay tuned for more content. Uh, I, 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 some people kind of know, but I will be in the process of moving physically locations. Um, so be patient with my content. Uh, for for viewers out here and everything but i will be hopefully finding more creative drawings and stuff like that too awesome awesome all right appreciate you um appreciate everybody watching um this has been the therapy rob podcast working title we'll see where we end up with it um yeah appreciate you all coming through so take care everyone